Welcome to the Shaman Jessica podcast, where I share all about my work as a shaman. These episodes are purely based on my personal experience and opinions, and never a substitute for any medical advice. Let's begin our journey. Greetings, girl, and welcome to my world of crazy. Hey guys, hope you had a good weekend. I decided to come on here to once again tell you the story of how I became a shaman. So this is probably the most frequently asked question that I get from you guys. And um, yeah, I've addressed it here and there, but I thought let's do another dedicated life. It shouldn't be too hard as it's just kind of me. Um, yeah, looking back, it's a nice moment for me as well to kind of do some retrospection, if that is a word. So yeah, I can imagine why people ask me how I became a shaman. Uh, I also get a lot that I don't kind of look like the stereotypical shaman or what you would expect of a shaman. Maybe in the first place you wouldn't even expect there to be shamans. Uh, today in this day and age and um, yeah let's go into that a little bit more hey Sauvage so all right let's begin with the beginning um, because there are some qualities in shamanism that obviously lead you on that path that are kind of inherent and I always find it quite powerful to share that you know, shamanism is really innate. I don't believe uh, when people say that it's only for a couple of like gifted people who are healers. I really feel like it's an innate ability that people can learn. Um, and there are some aspects of that that were already present in me as long as I can remember. So when I was young, for example, I would have prophetic dreams. And what that would look like was not me as a child thinking like I'm a prophet, <laughs> but things would happen in my dreams or I would be uh, seeing things in my dream that would then happen the next day or somewhere in the following week. And they would usually be pretty uh, significant events as well. So um, I saw in a dream someone what looked like being some someone being kidnapped in a car basically. And actually, uh, my mom and sister saw something happen the next day, and I actually knew the license plate of the car for my dream. So that was pretty freaky. Um, had a prophetic dream about this huge fire um, down my street, which eventually I, by accident with a friend, caused that fire later on. So weird stuff like that. Um, I would connect with my guides pretty automatically, like I knew their names. Um, how I started con communicating with them, I can't really remember because it's just like as long as I can remember it's been that way. I've always seen auras since I was really young. I remember that I would practice on trees or I would just, even when I was completely um, not using any of these sort of interesting uh things in my life consciously, I would just be sitting in high school in class and I would just all of a sudden just like boom, see everyone's aura that was sitting in the class um, around me. Um, what else? I was very in tune with nature. So I was always outside. Um, you know how kids are just like climbing trees all day, obsessed with flowers, seashells, crystals. 
I have so many crystals in my house and most of them I've already had since I was really young. I was really obsessed with ancient Egypt. I used to like a dork, like carry around little books about ancient Egypt in a bag when I would just, again, when I was really young. Um, what else? I was just a super weird kid. I was very sensitive. I also had OCD because I couldn't really, um, I didn't really have an outlet for all of that energy. And also there was some kind of negative presence that I at that point didn't really know how to manage, uh, which luckily I do now. Um, yeah, so just super sensitive overall. Um, what else? Yeah, I think those were kinds of, basically the kinds of things that I thought were normal when I was young and now looking back. I realize that that's not like a universal experience for everyone. And I also find it really funny when friends that know me from way back, now that I work as a shaman actually say like, oh, that makes total sense because when you were young, you were always talking about your spirit guides and stuff like that. So even things that I'd forgotten about. Um, and when I was a little bit older, just because I was extremely sensitive, I started getting depressed. So I would get kind of like uh, phases of depression uh, in my teenage years, overall completely kind of lost touch with spirituality. And um, I think the consistent thing for me was art. So I was always very, very creative. And I also saw in very interesting ways how when we create with art, it affects our reality. And I've always been a daydreamer, like always like very dreamy in my head type of person. So kind of like stereotypical thing. Um, kind of lost touch with that. Um, got a lot of health issues. Had a lot of like big challenges pretty early on. Um, so depression, it spiraled into eating disorders. Just because like on an unconscious level I wanted to die basically. Um, and that's a very normal thing that a lot of people have. So when I talk about um, these personal like sort of dark nights of the soul that I've been through. A lot of other people can get a little bit triggered by that. But if there's one thing that I've learned, not just from doing this work, but just from life, is that everyone goes through their own stuff. And it's not really a big deal. It's what it's, you know, it's shared humanity. So um, what else? I had a heart attack when I was 17. There were a lot of things going on that kept me from... Um, having basically the, the dedication and the peace and quiet to tune into those abilities more. It was not on my uh, list of priorities, so to say. So when I got better, I was just like making up for lost time. I studied um, a lot of different things like art school, design school. Then ultimately, thank you for, uh, you're so welcome. Um, kind of like the creative side, studied art history. And I never really even considered doing anything spiritual for work because I thought only kooks did that. And I was also raised very, uh, let's say like scientifically. So um, my dad's a scientist. He's been, not to like name drop, but he's been uh, involved with a lot of like Nobel Prize winning discoveries. So just to like show you how 
deeply I have been sort of conditioned and indoctrinated, and I don't say that in a negative way, in like the world of science. And scientism is almost like a religion in itself. So how that affects you when you're growing up and when you're young is that you are really very much taught that it's kind of like a logic to life where the only things that exist are the things that you can see and that you can prove. So there's not really a lot of room for spirituality in that or kind of like the safety to explore that further. And then there's the kind of like the added thing where um, my dad, for example, grew up in the Catholic church and had, uh, that was not a very positive experience for him. So then spirituality in itself, like as a whole thing gets very much like shut out and, you're kind of raised with the idea that that is bad. So um, all in all, never considered doing anything like this, let alone talking about it to people. Um, when I was kind of pursuing kind of like a normal career path. So when I studied art history, I became very interested in, uh, in the contemporary art market. I uh, was, at some point I was pursuing a PhD, didn't really work out, like, thank God. Um, I was uh, a published author when I was 25, like a, a art market stuff. So I was going like pretty well in terms of the sort of accepted career path. I was um, leading the Asia Pacific region at a leading um, international online auction house. I was doing that already when I uh, kind of like left the Netherlands. If you're new here, by the way, I uh, am Dutch, which you can probably hear. I'm from Amsterdam. And um, yeah, so what, what next? Okay, I was still sick, obviously. You don't heal from kind of those profound um, issues overnight, especially if you're just focusing on other things and distractions and studying and going out, drinking, smoking, like a lot of other destructive things that I was doing on top of that. It didn't really affect who I was, but I was not like creating any space uh, for like spirituality in my life. Um, then I uh, got burnt out a couple of times and that just had to do with being very ambitious, wanting to get the best out of life, but at the same time, really ignoring like what my body was telling me. Um, and that caused me to, at some point, have to stop everything. And I tried to work still like for a year and a half. I was just like coming home crying every day because I just didn't want to be a failure. I quit my job because I was sick, which is crazy now that I look back on that. Um, and that was because of an ear issue that I had had all my life. It's called PET. Um, it's called patchless cessation tube. It basically means that you can hear all of the sounds inside of your body. So your own breathing, your own heartbeats, you hear your own voice, like you're screaming. So imagine just going through life that way and also being super sensitive that will like burn you out. And um, that's, by the way, it's very rare. So if you haven't heard of it, it, it doesn't occur a lot. And that's also why doctors don't know how to diagnose it very well. 
So I was also misdiagnosed for a long time, had a lot of treatments that made it worse, all of that kind of thing, until only a couple of years ago, uh, by coincidence, a doctor was able to diagnose that for me. And that's when everything kind of like broke down. And around that time too, I moved away from Amsterdam with my boyfriend. First he moved to the US, then to Singapore, and then uh, here to Sydney. And in Singapore, uh, I didn't have a work visa, which was great, which worked out fine. And in the US also, I was just still recovering. And that brought me to finally have the time and the focus to try and heal myself and connect with myself, really reconnect with myself and see what was going on and why I basically wasn't functioning. And that is when all of the magic started again. So I was meditating a lot. I was uh, experiencing constant synchronicities. I was talking a lot with a few of like my spiritual friends who I felt safe to talk about all of this stuff with. And we would connect with each other, even though I was in a different continent and I would dream things or see things about them, which would then happen. So it was starting to get really interesting. This is when um, I also had my third eye opening experience. I went back to the Netherlands to basically get rid of our, uh, our apartment and all of that stuff. And this is where I uh, had this healing experience where my third eye cracked open and you could literally hear it. And the, f the friend who was with me heard it too. It was the freakiest thing ever. All of the windows were closed in my house and we felt this huge wind rush through the house and this light, even though everything was like shut off. Um, I felt all of this energy just pour out of my ears. So my ears were, uh, had been an incredible block, you know, working with these abilities. Um, so that was interesting. That just accelerated everything even more. And through all of these meditations, you know, craziest things started to happen. Like I would get uh, visited by spirits, um, have very profound insights, a lot of uh, very fascinating physical sensations, hearing things like everything that you can imagine. And um, also started to experience astral travel and very profound like spiritual warfare experiences where I would encounter spirits and have basically source work through me in those situations. So I was just being put in a situation where there was no, no way back. And for me, having certain judgments about people who do this kind of work, that was definitely there, but I didn't just, I didn't think about it. And what really helped was that I was on a different continent, even in a different time zone than everyone that I know. So that makes it a lot easier to make the kind of decision like, okay, this is what I want to explore. And uh, while it was making that transition, I was still working in the art world, but that just became so uninteresting to me and dull and opportunistic. And I would also become a lot more aware of darker energies that are very much present in that world. Uh, it's a world that lends itself very well to things like money laundering, tax evasion, and just a lot of like dark spirits. So like I mentioned, art is 
it creates, so it's also used for the negative in that way. Long story short, I um, basically was at this point where I healed my own ear problem, which is an incurable disease. And that's where I thought, okay, um, I really need to do something with this because so many people are suffering and I could see that it was working on other people as well. And um, then you kind of realize like, okay, life is too short to get hung up on people's judgments about doing this type of work when it actually makes such a profound difference. Like for me, my ear problem is gone and I had the prospect of becoming deaf, you know, even having to deal with this all of my life and it's just gone. And so many different things have healed through shamanism in my life from my health, any remnants that I had from any previous health issues to my relationship, things with my family. So how did I heal my ear problem? Through journeying. So by applying shamanic journeying to myself and then to others, I saw the power of it. And then that was kind of like the point of no return. So that is basically how I became a shaman. There is not really a short answer to that question. I, even though journeying for me, it kind of happened by itself. So I got to know my own energy field. And when you experience the high presence of that realm, it's very hard to ignore it afterwards because you just feel such a pull to be there. And you learn how generous spirit is and that everything is possible. All information is accessible. Sorry. And um, it's a very, uh, it's just so beautiful and enlightening that you just want to spend more time in that space. Um, how long did it take me to do that, to heal my ear problem? I think it was one major journey and then a couple of shorter journeys here and there over the next months and it was gone um let's see where was i um what else can i tell you about this journey i did train with a shaman that experience for me was really where i remembered and could make sense of a lot of the things that i was already doing and i learned how to kind of uh, create a system for it and apply it to other people. Um, so, yeah. Then I just decided I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this professionally. That's when I had to work through a lot of other types of conditioning, like talking about this kind of stuff, having to sort of come out to family and friends, uh, even just stupid stuff like people seeing things that I post on Instagram, kind of dealing with my own blocks in my own visibility, having to talk about this because I also realized like I can't really help people if I'm just gonna wait until someone magically appears and asks for my help. And I also just wanted to spread, um, I just had this feeling like, why does not everyone know about this? And why is not everyone doing this if it works so well? So I just kind of became a sort of self-appointed evangelist for shamanic journeying and want to make it mainstream. Basically, that's my goal. I want everyone to, to know about this. And um, yeah, I worked through some of that stuff in the beginning pretty quickly. And now 
I have been doing it and just the results that people have from shamanic journeying are truly mind-blowing and uh, for them and it purifies me every time that I journey for someone else and it's also just a resource that I have to journey for myself like I journeyed for myself this morning because I was processing some old grief that came up and it just aligns you every time just puts you in alignment with source and uh, it's the most effective thing that I've ever done I've always Still, when I was kind of ignoring my own spirituality, I was still practicing Buddhism. I was meditating a lot. I've done everything from EFT to Reiki, which is also something that I did intuitively when I was a kid, to um, every type of therapy, of course, that you can imagine from like theta healing to drawing therapy to like everything, you name it, I've done it. And this is the only thing for me that really changed uh, my life. And of course, I'm not going to say that all of those other things didn't have their own value in that moment and their own place and weren't super valuable in their own way. But in terms of just like mind-blowing immediate results, this has really uh, been the thing for me. And um, yeah, that reality just puts everything else uh, into perspective and... Just the uh, relationships that I have with my clients, my apprentices who I teach these methods now, and also just with you on here, I'm very proud of those relationships and the shared humanity and the healing that comes from that. And it's just something that brings me so much joy. And every time that I journey, it just shows me the generosity, the endless infinite generosity and compassion and love and wisdom that source can bring through into our lives every day and um yeah what else can i say um mr jakey those last words of why does everyone want to do this and experience this is the most beautiful words I've ever heard, and I don't say that lightly. That is why you, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Well, I truly mean it. I mean, um, yeah, it's just a constant adventure for myself uh, in the first place and for others exploring this. And that's why I love talking to you guys on here. And I'm always telling you, like, ask me anything, share anything that you want. Um, Oh, you guys, you're so sweet. I really appreciate you too. I'm just going to see if I missed any uh, questions. Tiki Shirini, what does it look like when you journey? Like a dream, like real life? Yeah, that's a good question. It's kind of in between. So when you journey, it is almost like you're kind of in a dream in the sense that you do not see 360 everything super clearly at once. And you don't just see everything, you also intuitively know. Um, but in the shamanic realm, everything feels a lot more real than it does in this realm. So it's almost like this is sort of a dull, a more dull reality compared to shamanic journey. And um, also a lot of physical sensations. Um, 
How do you make connections to take a shamanic journey? Can you help with that? Asks Lisa McDonald. I find that quite hard to answer because I don't know what you're looking for exactly. But in terms of starting with shamanic journey for yourself, something is in the works. Um, and Mr. Jakey asks, one journey healed your ear problem. Am I right to say this? No, I don't want to put it all on one journey. Usually, I mean, I've seen mind-blowing results after one journey. That's usually what I recommend people to do anyway. Just do one. Uh, because it integrates over time, uh, months after even. So I don't recommend journeying more than maybe three times a year if you're super into it, because it just does its work afterward for a long time still. Um, but it, it was probably one main journey that just took time to integrate. Um, and then I've revisited whenever it did come up, but it was always related to stress and emotional. Um, Mr. Jakey asks, how do you know it's PET? Because your cousin is suffering from an ear problem. Could be, could be PET as well. If you want, I can, because it is really hard to diagnose, but there is a very specific way in which you can diagnose it. So if you want to help your cousin and rule out PET, then just DM me and I can send you, uh, point you in the right direction for that, because I know everything about it. <laughs> Um, let's see. How's my family taken to what I'm doing now? And someone else asked, have your friends and family coped with my spirituality? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. You know, everyone, and I'm Dutch, okay? So um, know that Dutch people in general are very down to earth, very sort of sober and not um, generally sort of the most emotive, spiritual people. Although some of my most profound teachers and friends are Dutch as well. So I don't want to sell them short or anything, but that's definitely kind of like the typical Dutch um, environment that I come from. And my mom has been super open to it. And she is really someone who has her own uh, relationship with spirituality that's very unique and I have connected very much with my mom over this because for me, when I was really young, it was also like doing sort of intuitive rituals, things like that, were things that I did to cope with grief, like the loss of my grandmother, her mother, who I was very close with, uh, who this ring belongs to as well. Um, or when I lost my cat, I did a spontaneous ritual ceremony where I kind of went into a journey and saw where he was. And that is where I found him after two weeks when he was lost and my cat was my everything. Uh, I still think about him every day. So my mom is really someone who has always really embraced uh, spirituality a lot. My dad and my sister don't really have uh, that kind of relationship with it. And then there were kind of like my Buddhist friends who were very open to spirituality and then other friends who I've just never discussed it with just because I just felt kind of, I guess when I was growing up, it didn't come up because either I felt like embarrassed about it or I don't know, something, some projection that, uh, yeah, made me want to keep that to myself. And then there were my close friends who, who, 
who I did share it with. So I guess I was very selective about who I shared it with. And now, yeah, I guess everyone is very accepting. I, I'm sure that there are, you know, those people will just find it super weird. And uh, of course, like talk about it behind my back and all that kind of stuff. But I don't care about that. You know, everyone has their own relationship with source, whether it's very conspicuous or very inconspicuous. And I don't judge other people for it. And uh, if they judge me for it, that's fine too. That's just something that comes with doing this work. And I happily uh, accept that as part of, you know, all of the beautiful things that come with being able to, to help others. So you also, if you are kind of on a similar path and asking this because you're worried about it, just know that you will also connect with people who very much understand uh, what it is. Let's see. Are you able to speak to animals? I heard we can channel our higher selves, guides, past loved ones and animals. Uh, yeah, animals are very easy actually to um, connect with because they don't have all of the same sort of conditioning and filters and crap as people do. Um, let's see. I think I should take all of the animals questions. I'm going to screenshot them right now and uh, I'll do them in a separate life because you know like yesterday I just answered a lot of like many different questions about different topics and that is very fun for me, but it's also a lot of kind of referring you to different podcast episodes where I talk deeper about things um, because I can't give very long and in-depth answers there. And it's also kind of uh, maybe annoying for you to find a, a specific perspective or question or topic that you're interested in if it's all in one place. So. This is kind of like a moment where I have to decide in terms of structure, like, okay, let me do a different life and talk all about animals. Um, yeah, so I hope that this answers all of your questions about how I became a shaman. Just know that it's still just a title. It's basically doing energetic work and healing, uh, healing work. And for me, shamanism best covers what I do, like the modality that I use. Um, and it's not about being more special than other people or whatever. And just know that there are many types of shamanism and it's very much a calling. So, uh, if you feel a pull to doing this work, really answer it because it's so worth it. And, um, yeah, for me, it's the best decision I've ever made. And two weeks ago, I had a very special apprentice who was initiated and starting on her own path. And she also said, it's the best thing I ever did. And that sort of exponential healing that happens, like when we heal each other, you don't just do it for yourself. You're, you're doing it for the tree of life, for the collective. And that healing and that love is exponential. And that's the most rewarding thing. Um, yeah, you're welcome. And um, I will be back soon.